Hey everyone, just wanted to take the time and create what I'm going to be calling show notes. This might be a supplementation to the type of media that we'll be covering on any given uh, episode. Some of them will be recaps, some of it might be some behind the scenes stuff that uh, you know goes along with the episode that maybe wasn't covered with the the actual interview, the actual uh, content of the episode that we were actually doing. So in this case, I know that I've said that it's from Star Trek The Next Generation Season 6, Episode 3, and I encourage you to watch it in some way, whether you're going to use some type of streaming service or you own the DVDs, the Blu-rays, the VHSs, the Laserdiscs, whatever it might be. Uh, if you own them... Um, or have a way of watching it, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, it's, you know, 42, 43 some odd minutes that you can just watch it that way and be able to visually see what's going on. However, uh, that being said, I want to take the time to do an actual recap of the episode rather than, you know, doing it in the middle of the episode and it taking up, or in the middle of the episode that we're recording and it taking up a ton of time uh, with the episode because uh, that could just eat up a lot of time and it might distract you. So this way, you can just do it on your own. Uh, choose to listen to it this way, or like I, I suggested, go watch it. Uh, so with that, I will be doing a recap of Star Trek The Next Generation's episode Man of the People from Season 6, Episode 3. Prologue. Captain's Log, Stardate 46071.6. We have been called to the aid of transport ship, which has been attacked near Rakag Seronia. Hostilities between the two factions on that planet have intensified recently, threatening an important Federation shipping route. That was spoken by Captain Jean-Luc Picard. As the USS Enterprise approaches the transport ship, two Rakag battlecruisers turn tail, unwilling to face the superior firepower of the Enterprise. The captain of the Dorian contacts the Enterprise with relief, explaining that he is carrying a mediator to Seronia. He asks Captain Picard's permission to transfer him and his companion to the Enterprise. In the transport room, Counselor Deanna Troy meets Ambassador Vess Alcar and an elder, elderly woman, Sev Maylor, his mother. The old woman immediately reacts to Troy with hostility and jealousy, accusing her of being attracted to Alcar. He explains that she hasn't been feeling well and asks that she be taken to their quarters. Troy stands there looking shocked. Act 1. In the captain's ready room, Alcar is discussing the situation with Picard and Vice Admiral Simmons over a subspace link. Alcar is worried that his survival at Seronia aboard the Enterprise, the armed flagship of Starfleet, would cause bad feelings and ask to be transferred to an unarmed Federation transport instead. Picard interjects and explains to the Admiral that putting Alcar on another unarmed transport ship would invite another attack. Alcar counters that he believes the attack was nothing more than an isolated incident. Admiral Simmons explains the situation between the Raycags and the Seronians, uh, which have threatened Federation ships and supports the Ambassador in his peace mission, but notes that safety is an issue not just to him, but the crew of any ship he's on. Due to the magnitude of those concerns, he agrees with Picard and wants the Ambassador transported to Seronia via the Enterprise. Alcar concedes that he has no choice 
but the Admiral assures him that once they get there, he can negotiate however he see fits, and that he would be in good hands with Picard. Next morning, Alcar joins Troy at Worf's exercise class. Troy chats pleasantly with him after the class, and Alcar explains that Lumerians like him are only empathic with other members of their species, so he cannot tell what Troy is feeling. Troy says that she is curious about him and explains that the calmness, serenity, and tranquility she is reading from him seems to embody the qualities he hopes to draw out from others in negotiations. Alcar explains how useful it could be to have insight into others' feelings and invites Troy to come with him to Seronia, to which she gladly agrees. Back at his quarters, they have another disturbing encounter with Alcar's mother. She is annoyed that he is late and asks Troy if she has mated with Alcar yet. Alcar guides the woman back into his room, and Troy leaves, looking concerned. She is still thinking about the woman later when Riker visits her office to discuss the staff evaluation reports. She talks it over with Riker uh, and explains that she sensed evil and malevolent feelings from the old woman. Riker puts her mind at rest, suggesting that this might just be to do, you know, just be due to old age and senility. They are interrupted by a message from Lieutenant Worf. There's an emergency in Alcar's quarters. Doctor Crusher administers forty cc's of inaprovaline, but they, the old lady dies anyway. Alcar's upset, and when Troy offers to help, he asks her to help him perform a Lumerian funeral rite for his mother. The meditation involves two crystals, encrusted rocks, which Alcar keeps in a special box in his room. After reciting ritual words, Alcar taps on Troy's rock with his. A blue glow is transferred from Alcar's rock to Troy's, and she looks shocked as this happens. Alcar smiles and simply says, Thank you. In her quarters, we're now in Act 2, Troy appears to be uncomfortable in her clothes, shifting about as if she were too hot. She asks the computer to run through her appointments for the morning, then gets annoyed and tells it to cancel them all. Dr. Crusher has been unable to determine the cause of death of the old woman, but Alcar has refused permission for her to perform an autopsy. Crusher asks Picard to speak to him, but he decides that since her death poses no threat to the ship, the customs of Alcar's people must be respected. At this point, Troy has changed her clothes and is running through Worf's calming exercises, but then she begins touching herself in a very sensual manner and goes to Alcar's quarters. There she attempts to seduce him, but he refuses her advances, saying that their relationship can't be like that. She storms out angrily. In the turbo lift, an attractive young man, a yellow-shirted ensign, enters. Troy looks at him very suggestively. Later, Riker calls on Troy in her quarters. She is wearing a suggestive evening gown, and as Riker comes in, the young man from that turbo lift jumps to attention nervously as he sees Riker. He leaves, and Troy asks Riker if he's bothered by the young man's presence. Troy keeps insisting that Riker must be upset, as she knows him so well, while Riker tries to concentrate on the evaluation reports. Realizing that she's not in the mood to work, Riker leaves, concerned at Troy's unusual behavior. 
Act 3. There's another captain's log. It's just an update. That's about it. There have been several violent incidents despite the fact that a ceasefire had been negotiated. Now, neither side is willing even to sit down with the other unless it's on neutral territory. While sitting in the observation lounge with Alcar and his two delegates, Jarth and Leva, Picard suggests a meeting, a meeting at the city of Darthen, which has been neutral throughout the conflict and contains both Rakag and Seronian people in its population. Alcar accepts the situation and asks to set up such a meeting. Counselor Troy is at work. A female crew member, Ensign Janeway, which is in no relation that we're aware of to Captain Janeway, is having problems with her superior officer, Lieutenant Pender, being overly critical. Rather than being sympathetic, Troy takes the lieutenant's side and tells her client that she's being pathetic. And if she doesn't shape up, she should consider leaving the Enterprise altogether for an easier assignment, like a freighter or a transport ship. She's taken aback by this and leaves, looking upset while Troy appears to be unaware of the effect of her outburst and what it's had on her. Dr. Crusher enlists Jordi LaForge's help to look up Sev Maylor's biofilter record from the transport since she cannot do an autopsy. Crusher is very surprised to find that the comparison between this and her medical readings show massive, and I mean massive, physiological deterioration of Maylor's body in just the three days since she transported aboard. In 10 forward, Riker comes to tell Alcar that the warring sides have agreed to have a meeting. Deanna Troy shows up in a very suggestive dress before confronting Alcar's female aide, Leva, in a jealous fashion, similar to the way Maylor had attacked her earlier. Riker steps in to smooth over the situation by pretending Troy is needed elsewhere and escorting her out of 10 forward. He takes her back to her quarters, but when he too refuses her attempts at seduction, he gets four deep scratches across the back of his neck with Troy's nails for his trouble. Shocked and horrified, Riker leaves. Act 4. Troy stands in the darkness in her quarters. Alcar comes to her, explaining that he cannot take her to the surface now, but rather needs her on the ship. When Troy turns, her appearance is altered. She now looks noticeably middle-aged. Troy is jealous and emotional about the fact that Alcar is going to the surface with Leva now. As he leaves, she is literally screaming up the corridor at, after him. While the doctor is fixing up the scratches on his neck, Riker is expressing his concern about Troy's wild behavior. Crusher asks the computer to locate Troy and takes Riker with her to see Troy immediately. But Troy is at the transporter room where Picard is taking leave of the ambassador. Once again, she begs to be allowed to go with him. She now looks much older than the last time during her encounter with Alcar and has a knife. She wrestles with the captain, stabbing him during the scuffle and inflicting a minor wound until the transporter operator, Chief Daniels, drags her off him. At this point, Crusher and Riker rush in with some security guards and Troy is taken to sickbay immediately. Nurse Ogawa notices that Troy is showing elevated neurotransmitter levels similar to those seen in Maylor's body. Now that there appears to be a threat to the Enterprise crew, Crusher requests Picard's permission to perform an autopsy. Picard attempts to contact Alcar on the planet, but he is unavailable. So Picard grants Crusher permission to proceed.
insert medical log here. I performed an autopsy on Alcar's mother, but instead of answering our questions, the results have created an even deeper mystery. Crusher is confused to find that despite Maylor's appearance of great age, the organs in her body were those of a 30-year-old, not an elderly woman. Also, a DNA comparison between Maylor and Alcar show that they were not, in fact, related. Crusher reports these strange findings to Picard, saying that she needs answers from Alcar urgently, if she is to save Troy's life. Picard beams down to the surface with Lieutenant Worf, and Alcar readily admits that the lady he was with was not his mother. But when Picard further notes that she was not 93 either, Alcar accuses him of performing an autopsy against his wishes. Picard says he has good reason, and presses Alcar for answers to help Troy's condition. Alcar's aide interrupts them to explain that the talks are at a crisis point. Alcar seems unconcerned and explains to Picard that now, the point at which expectations are lowest is the point at which his influence can do the most good. Alcar explains the situation to Picard, saying that he found a way to channel his darker thoughts into others, leaving him better able to perform mediations. He explains that Maylor, his current receptacle, had died earlier than he expected, leaving him in a predicament that Counselor Troy could solve for him by taking her place. However, as a non-Lemurian, Troy's aging process was faster than he expected. Alcar attempts to justify his use of other people in this way by reminding Picard that he does not profit in any way from his success as a negotiator. He only helps other people. But Picard is disgusted with his attitude, calling him a coward for exploiting the innocent because he is unwilling to face his own unpleasant emotions. He is determined to hold Alcar accountable for his actions. Alcar explains that he has no intention of releasing Troy now or ever and gets his security guards to disarm Worf, forcing Picard and Worf to beam back aboard the Enterprise while he returns to the negotiations. Act 5. Picard asks Worf uh, with LaForge on breaking through their shields to beam Alcar back to the Enterprise and goes to see Dr. Crusher and Troy in sickbay. Crusher suggests a way to reduce and reverse the stress on Troy's system, but it will only work if the link to Alcar is broken. When Picard explains Alcar's intention to use Troy as his receptacle until she dies, Crusher realizes the best way to make Alcar sever the link is to convince him that she really is dead. Crusher explains to a shocked Riker that she will be able to revive Troy with some fancy tech-the-tech medicine as long as her body is dead for no longer than 30 minutes. How convenient. Picard is also worried about the safety of Alcar's next likely victim, Leva, his female aide. Back on the surface, the peace negotiations have been successfully concluded. Alcar suddenly stumbles, feeling a moment of weakness. Picard communicates, telling Alcar that Troy is dying and he must transport to the Enterprise, whether he wants to or not. LaForge has managed to breach the Seronian security force uh, fields, and Alcar grudgingly agrees. Alcar and Leva 
enter sickbay to hear Crusher pronouncing Troy dead. Alker sends Leva to his quarters while attempting to justify his actions to the Enterprise crew, saying that Troy's death served a purpose in bringing peace to Rakeg Seronia. Picard promises Alcar will answer for what he did, but Alcar reminds the captain that the Federation Council has granted safe passage and expects him to honor it. After he leaves, Picard asks the transport room to be ready to beam Alcar's aide out of his quarters at his signal. Worf is to be stationed outside his quarters to prevent Alcar getting close to her again. In his quarters, Alcar seems nervous. He's telling Leva how much Troy helped him and how affected he has been by her loss. Then he asks Leva to share the funeral meditation with him. In sickbay, Crusher is preparing to attempt to revive Troy. She gets Troy's heart beating again and begins the treatment to neutralize the excess neurotransmitters. Eventually, Ogawa, Ogawa reads levels going toward normal, and Troy's eyes flutter open just as Alcar is completing the ceremony. He clutches his head in pain and collapses on the floor. As Leva starts to bend over him, he clutches desperately at her. She breaks away, and Picard seems to beam her out as Alcar, who is aging rapidly, lurches after her. Alcar opens his door to find Worf, Kellogg, and Garvey blocking his way, which they gain entrance shortly. As Troy's age begins to reverse, Alcar's is continuing to age. With his last breath, he raises a finger at Worf before collapsing near the feet of Worf and Garvey and dies. Worf communicates with the captain to announce the ambassador is dead. In sickbay, Troy looks young again and is relieved to see Riker standing over her, grasping her hand. Later, Riker explains to Troy that Alcar was at a susceptible point in his ceremony, so that rather than just severing the link, Troy's revival at that point caused all the negative energy to flow back from Troy into Alcar, causing his death. Leva has not been affected by him. Troy thanks Riker for looking after her, and they share a friendly kiss. Riker says he will always look after her, even when she is old and gray. Thank you for tuning in to these show notes. The first episode will be coming to you in just a few days, uh, so you can listen to it on Stitcher. You can also listen to it uh, at Podbean. Uh, we'll be posting links on Twitter, and um, you can also listen to it at my website if you'd like to get there easier, uh, where you can learn uh, more about me and um, counseling services, as well as uh, listening to the podcast, and that can be at chasemckinney.com, and there's a direct link to Reframe Podcast there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, take care and stay dapper.